Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. So, Mark, uh, oh gosh, this is just embarrassing to talk about. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> no, you've never done anything embarrassing in your no, life. No, no, not at all. Confessions of Steve Hour. That's what, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> you know, back in the back in my addiction days, in my in my really deep addiction days, I remember a, one distinct event that kind of sticks out, extra special on the shame scale, right, or the regret yes. scale. I don't really have shame about it anymore. I definitely have regret about it. Um, I uh, I was in our old condo uh, like I was on too many nights, and uh, it was way, 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 way late. I was breaking all the all the boundaries that we tell clients not to break. It's like two or three in the morning, and I was on the computer initially to do something innocuous, but for all of the addicts out there listening, that's really just the right the pretext to eventually oh, yeah. acting out you were just innocently <laughs> on your computer at two in the morning that's I'm, right i mean i'm just i'm just looking up i was sure i'm look i was sure i was looking up like educational articles <laughs> and then somehow it devolved <laughs> yes yes i uh yeah i was i was straight up looking at looking up and looking at pornographic content and that progressed like it usually does until the point of you know i was it was kind of this worst case scenario i was i was kind of following through on everything that comes with a pornography binge and everything that, that that's implied with that. And as that was happening, I hear the bedroom door open. My wife has been asleep for hours now. And she and the way that our place was structured, there the bedroom literally leads out into a main hallway that leads into the living room. It wasn't a big place. Mm. She uh, leans her head out the at the door or comes right out and is standing in the hallway. And I've like just somehow managed to kind of 
somewhat make it look like I'm not doing what I'm doing. And she looks at me exhausted with point blank and just says, are you looking at pornography? And I looked at her and I said, oh, no, no, I'm like working on, I don't know what I told her I was doing, working on a school assignment or whatever. She looked at me and even though she was exhausted and tired, kind of half rolled her eyes, let out really just like not a dramatic, but just like a really dejected sigh, turned around and just went back to bed. Now, there's all sorts of reasons why that story sticks out in my mind, but it's it's a good segue, I think, into leading into today's uh, today's topic as we talk about uh, both honesty and the positives of that in a relationship, but also the absolute devastating effect that the lack thereof has as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a that is a, you know we might chuckle a little bit about that experience that you just shared, but it's really not funny. No, and, and you and I's you know as as I look back on similar situations, um, like you said, I. I don't have a lot of shame about that. We're just, you know, shame being I'm a rotten loser, terrible person, and I'll never be yeah. worth anything, you know, ever, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. But I do still have really deep, deep feelings of sadness. Yeah. I just feel sad in my heart mm-hmm. um, as you think back on those things. And so, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> those are really painful experiences, both for our spouses and for us. Well, and I think that they, that, you know, the hardest part about that, and a lot of listeners can probably, both addicts and spouses can probably relate to, and the thing that sticks out of my mind is just that look of defeat on my wife's face, right? Of just seeing, just, she, she's caught me literally dead to rights in the middle of, of acting out. Yep. And, and uh, here I am just blatantly lying to her face about it. It was just that, that look of the, the hurt about the lie I could tell, which is part of what we're going to talk about today. I think was almost more hurtful than the acting out itself. Yes. Yep. How many times do we hear that in, in all the work that we do with couples, yes. right? The, yes, the acting out, the addiction, the betrayal is very, very painful and hurtful, wounding. And yet it's the fact that you lied about it. That is the most devastating of all. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And we'll talk about, we'll talk more about how that is. So it's funny you tell that story and I have plenty of, <laughs> Plenty of dead to rights stories like that. But I would say, you know, in, in my, in my really deep addiction years, and this started from when I was a kid, when, you know, I, I was, I grew up in LA in the pornography production capital of the world, San Fernando Valley. And so I was exposed to, you know, really bad stuff at a very young age. It, It was all around us where I lived. And I learned very early that the quote safe thing to do was to lie, to hide, mm-hmm. to keep everything secret. Because if it ever got out, if anyone ever found out what I was involved with, of course, my life was over. My reputation yeah. was shot. No one would ever see me the same again. No one could ever, of course, never love me knowing yep. that about me. And so I went to great lengths to hide it. And I, I, I was like the, the, the cover your tracks expert, right? Like the the, the James Bond of covering your, your addiction, acting out <laughs> to lengths you can't begin to imagine to make sure that it was never discovered. And, <clears throat> but then eventually when I finally got into a little bit of recovery and started to get some honesty, some honesty, what I began to practice was selective disclosure. Yes. Right. Yes. Checking the honesty box so that I could say to myself, I did it. 
mm-hmm. but really withholding a fair amount of information. You know, the really, the really juicy, you know, incriminating, embarrassing, shameful stuff, right? I'll share this, but I can't share that. Yes. yes. <clears throat> and I remember I, I did that with religious leaders, <laughs> right? I would sit in front of them and they, you oh, know, so man. yeah, I, I do have from time to time a struggle with pornography. <laughs> And I'm thinking in my mind, yeah, from time to time, you mean from minute to minute? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know the religious leader, for example, is going to assume in his mind, okay, this guy, you know, he struggles occasionally like every few months or, or something. And often they wouldn't ask any deeper questions. Sure. And I'd Absolutely. walk up going, yep, I was honest. Check the box. Yeah. See, I told him that I struggle with pornography from time to time. That was technically true. Yeah. Absolutely. But never, never getting, you know, comp- never getting transparent and authentic because it's, it, it terrified me. And I did the same thing with my wife. You know, oh, I finally yeah. did after hiding it from her for 15 or more years of our marriage, when I finally did start to get a little bit honest, it was the same thing. Hey, sweetheart, I, you know, I've been struggling a little bit lately. That was kind of our code word with Mark's having some pornography struggles. Yeah. But I wouldn't go any deeper than that. Mm, and yeah. <clears throat> of course, for a wife, it's it's not comfortable or 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 enjoyable to start prying. Yeah. You're gonna start asking me details so that I can traumatize you further. Well, and it's uncomfortable for multiple reasons, right? I think it's not even just that. It's also if I ask him about this, right? Or if I ask details about it, because my story was very much similar to yours, as is I'm sure a lot of our listeners, it was the my wife would tell you that she, every time she wanted to ask more questions like that, she was always weighing out, okay, A, am I going to, you know, I'll probably get the truth or I might be able to get the truth, but how, what cost is it going to come at? What yes. his, what's his emotional response going to be? Oh my gosh, isn't that true? It's is it like, worth three days of shame or him just mm. flying off the handle and losing it with me and getting super angry and defensive? Like, I don't even want to go through that. You know, it's yeah, not even worth it. And our wife, you know, my wife talks about that today. She's like, I didn't know who was going to show up. Was it going to be Jekyll or Hyde? Yep. Was it going to be Mark up or Mark down, right? Yeah. I didn't know who you were going to be in any moment. And so that was going on as part of our addiction cycle anyway. Yes. Now your wife's going to ask, you know, prying deep questions and trigger that. Yes. Which is all, it's already going on. Okay, great. Let's just, let's just magnify it and let's, let's just throw him into, plunge him into that right now. Sure. So we, what, yeah, our wives get into survival. It's like, I got to survive yeah. here. So true. So yeah. true. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, I mean, it's uh, all out of all those dysfunctional ways in which we respond to questions like that, when we're even when we're being honest, right? And we talked about those at length. Um, they are, or if we're not being honest, right? We're talking about honesty today, but those dysfunctional responses getting aggressive, right? And trying to shut our spouses down or, blame in some way or gaslight in some way or going to shame right the other end either way a wife loses yes marriage loses yep i mean that was that was definitely where i would i would always oscillate to anger first followed by extreme shame yeah so my wife got to put up with the temper tantrum and then she got to be married to a slug for the next three days who was like right right? silence shut down isolated I'm not, not worthy. I'm not worth anything. Yeah. Yeah. My, my wife called that my little boy mode. Yes. 
Oh, I now am raising another another boy. Great. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's true. And again, we chuckle about it now, right? But I mean, that was so hard. You know, that, dy- that dynamic, I think, in many respects, and you and I talked about this before the podcast, I think was probably, it might have been the hardest part of the whole thing, right? Was the constant fallout that would come from the deception. Yes. Or, and, and the things that would happen, you know, the collateral damage that would come along, come along with it. I don't remember exactly what happened the next day after my story. I can tell you it probably wouldn't go down in the annals of history as a highlight of connection in our relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and you and I have a better perspective on that now. We can look back at those uh, those days of of lying, lying and half-truths and, you know, hiding and all the things that we did. Yeah. We, we can see the the results of that now. The one of the great challenges is that when you're in it, it's very difficult to see what it's doing. Yes, you know it is. Now, for us, hindsight's twenty twenty, of course. But as you know, as we so so we could you and I could do an entire podcast about all the different forms of lies that we engage in with as as addicts, from the blatant to the very 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 subtle. Yes. But one of the things I wanted to really bring on this podcast is why. Why do we lie? Because it's important to understand why that happens. It isn't just that I, I, I wouldn't have considered myself back then. And, and nearly all the men I work with, they're not just completely and utterly dishonest at their core, right? There's a reason why they're engaging in this practice of not being truthful. Yeah. And it, and it virtually always stems back to models and patterns and things they learned as kids right from the beginning. Sure. And yeah. we carry that with us. And so for me, lying is a is a is kind of a twisted, distorted protection strategy. It, I perceive it as a way to to quote stay safe. Yeah. Because if I get really raw and real, and I show you the whole me, and I take off the masks and the pretenses and the walls, and I just say, "Here, what you see is what you get," mm-hmm. that is frightening. Yeah. And so I tried to protect myself from that scenario at all costs. And I mean, at all costs, the costs mm. of my marriage, the costs of my self-worth, the cost of everything. Yeah. I just can't go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is why we engage in this. It's a, it's a, it's an ego survival brain strategy. Absolutely. Well, and sometimes we even mix in some good intentions in there, right? I don't want to hurt my spouse. You know, yes. I don't want to cause more pain. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. But yeah, I, I think in, in time and again, it's, uh, however, I, I would say this, in my experience, I have heard many noble excuses over the years, and I have given many noble excuses over the years for acting out um, and not talking about it or not sharing. I have yet to see an example of where holding that information back, no matter how well-intentioned, has ever benefited the relationship in the long run. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Because what you, I mean, let's be honest, since we're talking about honesty, (laughs) what you're just, you know, when you say there's a very legitimate side of us that thinks if I share this, this is going to do great harm and pain and to the person I love. Yeah. So it is, there is a legitimate side to that. I remember that. I didn't want to hurt my wife more Mm -hmm. and more and more. It's like, man, I've hurt her enough. Yeah. Now I'm going to divulge this and pile on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is also a, a reason why we, we don't go there. We, why we shut down. 
So tough stuff, man. A lot of barriers and, and a lot of reasons why you, you shouldn't, you know, tell the whole, you know, you know, wide open, you know, pure truth. I can, I can tell you a hundred reasons why you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But like you said, how many times have we seen where that works out for the best? Oh, geez. You know? Yeah. Very, very little. Yeah, for sure. Very, very, very little. Hey everybody, Mark and Steve here. Are you looking to take your recovery and your marriage to the next level? We work with individuals and couples one-on-one. With both in-person and online therapy options, you have access to the experts anytime, anywhere. To learn more, visit us at pbscpodcast.com. why is this so devastating to relationships? Because I've had clients say to me, well, Mark, you know, I'm really having a tough time believing you when you tell me that if I divulge all this stuff, it's really going to be in the best interest of the relationship. I only see that it has the potential to do just the opposite. How can you possibly justify to me that this, how this is going to be helpful? Oh gosh, I could do five podcasts on this. We're hitting on Steve. One of Steve's, it's a Steve soapbox alert, everybody. Here it goes. I'll keep, I'm going to keep it down to earth though. Cause we're, we are sticking to our time boundary today. Um, but I, uh, I mean, I think it, I think it's devastating in the long run on a couple levels. The first thing that I would say to that, if I was working with a client who said that to me, which happens a lot, um, is I'll validate that position. Yeah, it is going to be hurtful. <laughs> it absolutely is. You're absolutely right. But but it's not going to be as hurtful in the long run as deception. And the reason why I say that is I've heard this from, I mean, this it, it hits on a truth that I'm going to share in a second, but wife after wife over the years has told me the same thing. You know, more or less, I've shared it on here before. The acting out, Steve, the, you know, the sexual addiction component, the acting out, the betrayal, the infidelity, those are all hurtful right? They betray loyalty. They betray trust. They undermine myself. They do all sorts of things to me. But what I hear from, again, 95% of those same women as they go through the process and as they look back is they, they will identify the deception component as being the most devastating piece of the entire story. It's this idea of not knowing who I am married to. Um, it's this feeling of being of being with someone who's a stranger. It's this feeling of being denied the opportunity to do what I promised to do with my partner and they promised to do with me, which was to face life challenges together, to walk through this life and to, and to, and to have each other's back. And when we throw deception into the mix, however well-intended, you instantly have just thrown up a wall between the two partners. Now, instead of it, us being back-to-back against the world, it's now we're fighting our own bad battles individually and inevitably we end up fighting ourselves even more. Yeah. So that's kind of a quick, quick overview of, of my inner soapbox with that. But I think that, uh, I mean, that is why I see it so devastating. No, and this is applicable guys, not just to marriages. We're talking just relationships. Now a relationship, as we've talked about many times, the intimacy of it is directly correlated with the level of transparency and vulnerability as that is part of that. The degree to which I can be intimate emotionally with another person 
is the degree to which I can emotionally undress with that person and be real. And if I am, and if I'm holding back important information like that, if I'm trying to, from whatever standpoint or intention, trying to, trying to keep things from anyone, including anyone that I'm wanting an intimate relationship, including a partner to some degree, be it lesser or more so it will impact and limit that relationship. It just will. I can't, if I'm 70% honest with people, I can best case be 70% connected with them. I can't, I can't connect more than I share, more than I show, because I'm not giving the other person the real me. I'm cheating them out of knowing the real me. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that. It's so weird. You're really robbing yourself of, of having a closeness that you could have. Yes. But I hear a lot of women say, you know, he didn't even give me the opportunity to really choose because mm-hmm. I didn't have all the information when I, was, when I was choosing him. And yes. so now I feel they feel I've had women say, I feel like the dumbest person on the earth. Yes. How could I have been fooled like that? Yes. How could I have allowed myself to be sucked in like that? Well, that probably brings up the last part of that answer. You know, why is this so devastating? Gentlemen, for all you li- listening out there, all the addicts that are listening out there, what you're doing when you, when you bring the deception component in or the more you add the deceptive component into your acting out or your addiction or whatever else may be going on, you, you're actually just heaping on more trauma because what you're setting your partner up for is that insanity, that crazy making we talk about all the time uh, in, in, in uh, recovery. It's a wife isn't just the person she's supposed to trust the most. She isn't able to trust. And when you stop and you, when you start losing the ability to trust the person that you're supposed to be able to trust the most, you start to question everything. Most wives have described that as feeling literally insane. I am losing my mind. I don't know what is right or wrong because if this guy who I'm married to, who I sleep with, who's in this relationship with me, who I've built a light with, who, who I've had kids with, if he can keep this stuff from me, well, then who the hell else is lying to me? Is yes. anything even true? Yep. Is this all just a sham? Am I just living the Truman show? You know, <laughs> like I, I, what, 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 what is true? What is not? And so it destabilizes. You're not just destabilizing the fabric of, of your relationship. You're destabilizing the reality of your partner. Yep. Their reality is being yeah. yeah distorted and broken. Absolutely. And the, you know, the other thing that comes to my mind, you know, as I look back on all the times that I did not include my wife mm-hmm. in, the, in the deep down dark things that were going on in my soul, I robbed myself of her companionship, her partnership, yes. her help. She's a very bright, capable, intuitive, amazing person. And all those decades that I went it, quote, went it alone, yeah. she didn't have the chance to step in and, and have my back and help me because I denied her that opportunity. Yes. And so that's another thing that happens is we, we, we deny our, our spouse the opportunity to do that, which they want to do desperately. And we also deny the growth of the relationship. So if true. I'm scared that if I show this particular part of myself, it's going to destroy the relationship. I have to really question the relationship itself. If that's yes. all the confidence I have, right? If it gets if it gets hard and I divulge this thing, we're done. Yes. Really? Really? That's all you've got in the relationship? Great relationships come uh, through the fire. They come through yes. trial and 
I, my wife and I like to say we've been through hell mm-hmm. and you can't break us apart today. Yep. But not because I kept taking the easy route, but because I was willing to now take the hard path. Yes, you're absolutely right. And so, yeah, there inevitably, I think there's, there are the consequences, I think, in, in, again, my experience in every circumstance of deception are always more so uh, devastating than, than the information itself in the long run Yeah, uh, to the relationship and to the other person. So for all of those out there who are thinking about holding back more lies from their wife, however well-intended it is, take it from two guys who spent a lifetime trying to figure out a way in which that was actually true, and it's crap. <laughs> There's just not a way to do it. Um, yeah, it doesn't there, exist. There just isn't. You know, we and we talk about, you know, in our addictions, having uh, all kinds of situations where we weren't honest. Another part of this that, that we often overlook is that when we put our wives into the position uh, of this whole addiction issue, they also have situations where they're not able to be honest. Yes. Or choose not to be honest for a number of reasons. Yes. And we probably ought to touch on that real quick. Yeah, when we did a little bit, right? There are a lot of um, my wife, and actually, I, I talked to her this morning about about the subjects that were going to come up today. And she actually, I'm glad you said that because she she asked me to actually mention that and talk about it. Uh, my wife, uh, for years, held held back feelings about how my level of 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 acting out hit her. And and this part of the story is probably important for those whose story maybe is like mine. I, I have definitely examples where I actively lied to my wife in this process, but I think I was much more guilty and on almost a daily basis about that passive lying. I would It was rare when I would blatantly just get called on the carpet and say, no, that's not what happened. I don't know what you're talking about. It was much more along the lines of, okay, I'll be honest, but you know, if you can nail me on the day, the time, and how many times I looked at pornography and masturbated, if you can you know, it was the 25th on this date. And for these three hours, you were doing that in the afternoon, right? Yes, I was. Right. That was kind of that level of honesty. And, yeah. and, and she, and so for years she was, she was living a lie in now from a survival place, but she, cause she didn't know how else to do it because every time she would bring up my issue or these issues, she would get what we just talked about a few minutes ago. She'd get a mixture and it would be all over the board uh, any any random combination of these this this completely shame-based individual this like you said this child that she's now this pouty whiny child that she's now going to be married to for the next week she'd get a mix of that with like the teenager response of i can't believe you'd ask me that why would you ever think i would and i would call i would call her into question to the point where she would the emotional cost on her was so great mm-hmm. that she was doing, she was avoiding asking questions like that and holding back how much this thing was hurting her from that place of love and trying to, and trying to preserve what little was going on in the relationship. She was trying to patch up a sinking ship. So you're absolutely right. I think spouses do this a lot. Yep, and I and and uh, the other thing that happens because of that, just trying to survive and and hold together what little you've got, a lot of women have expressed to me that they had intuitions, they had little little impressions that something wasn't right. They had little, some would call it you know spiritual insights or whatever it was. They just had a feeling, yes. And yet they couldn't express it. Mm-hmm. It was just, it, it was just too risky. There was, it was, they just knew that if they dared to express what they were feeling, 
he would, he's going to fall apart even more. Or what if I'm wrong? What if this impression isn't correct? Mm -hmm. What if I've missed, what if I've, what if I've misjudged him or I'm missing the mark? And boy, if a woman gives an addict one little crack of that opportunity, we'll jump on it and make sure she realizes that she could be wrong. Sure. Here comes the gaslighting techniques and and tactics. Absolutely. There's there's a lot of reasons why, why we both can get in a position of withholding, you know, the whole truth. So if we get to what to do about this, that's great, Mark and Steve, we know all (laughs) that stuff is going on, but what do we do about it? This is a, this is a sensitive one um, because, you know, in my line of work, so I'm a, I'm a certified sex addiction therapist, and I, I walk clients through what's called the disclosure process, uh, a formal disclosure process, and there's no time to talk about that today, but it's, it's a process that we take clients through where we actually walk them through uh, this place of dishonesty and helping them to get to that place of honesty so that they can move forward. It doesn't happen with every client, but it is with probably the majority. And I, uh, the training I got on how to do that was like four days long. Like <laughs> it was like 40 hours yeah. and it, and, and rightfully so, because this, it, what you do with disclosure and how it's done can potentially be a, an unnecessary deal breaker in a relationship. Now I say unnecessary because sometimes it might be the deal breaker regardless. Right. And, and that happens and that is, and, and and when that happens, it's unfortunate, but but that may have been what was going to play out all along. However, when disclosures are mishandled, uh, and there's a variety of ways in which that happens, uh, you can either the way that that is done can either really build up and form a foundational, you know, kind of bedrock from where to where to continue on in recovery, or it can be the absolutely most devastating thing and be a nuclear bomb on the relationship. Yes. And, and so we're going to heavily, we, we are heavily recommending to you that this disclosure process, what we're going to say next, it really should be done under the guise of, of working with a qualified professional of some sort. Um, at a very baseline, okay, an absolute baseline, I don't care what the situation is, you and your spouse better have some sort of a support system in place. People that they can go to, be it religious leaders, be it you know, 12 step group members, be it others forms of support on board. But again, we would recommend that it be done with a therapist. However, the beginnings of this can be done prior to accessing a therapist. And that would be, so that's the part that we'll give you guys today. In addition to that, before you go and, and try to fix these things, um, and to, and to kind of unburden stuff, if there's stuff out there is we're going to have each of you, both you addicts and you spouses start writing out and an honesty inventory for lack of a better term. You know, what are the things that I, what are the things that I have been honest and forthright with in this relationship? And what are the things that I hold back for whatever reason, right? What are the, what pieces of me am I keeping from the person, the one person on this planet who I am supposed to be able to not have to, I'm, I'm supposed to not keep anything from. Yeah. And, and so to kind of start cataloging and getting that down on paper, and we recommend working on that in, 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 in a fashion of getting ready to share those things uh, with your partner. And then, like I said, I, that's where you're going to want to involve a qualified professional and, and at least at a baseline be bouncing that off of some trusted people in your life about how to do that while ensuring that your partner's got people to turn to uh, so that when things become, because there is a difficulty that comes with that disclosure initially, 
it gives the relationship the very best chance to work. But, it, but it, again, it can be very hurtful and painful in the way that it's done could be, could be the determining factor in, in a relationship ending that might not otherwise need to. Yeah, I agree. And I, and a caution I have for everyone is if, if you do start to do this honesty inventory, and you start to write it down yourself, make sure you keep it private. Yes. In some, in, in some households that might be you need a in password protected because people can't resist trying to go sneak and see if they can see what you're writing. Yes. <laughs> so keep it locked down, keep it private, and please don't jump the gun. Yes. Please, you, you spouses, don't start to apply pressure. You know, what, what are you writing? You know, let's talk about it. Yeah. It'd be very easy to give in to that temptation. But yes. just write it out, keep it private, and just have it ready for when you do seek professional help. The other thing you and I talked about, Steve, is, is what, what, in addition to that, because that's a big major project for sure. Yeah. What are some little things we can do each day to help uh, to, to make these little deposits to the, to the relationship trust account? And as I look at that, for me, all of us have little opportunities on a daily basis to be honest in, quote, small ways. Little things that I, that I could express and tell that I hold back. Yeah. Um, little details that I don't share because I don't know if they'll be received well. Um, little white lies that I might engage in when I should have just come clean and told the whole truth about whatever it was. There's yes. little things like that that go on all the time. Yes. Can you start to become aware of those and then dare when the little voice inside of you say, nope, nope, don't, don't bother, don't tell, don't, don't give the details, do just the opposite. You know what? Yes. I'm just going to be fully open right now in this moment. Well, you bring up a great point that whatever, wherever things are at going forward, we're going to recommend, again, consulting a professional. That's our disclaimer. <laughs> Every situation is so unique. It's impossible to kind of give a blanket advice with this. But, but as much as is possible and feasible and reasonable, start the pattern of honesty today. While you're working on disclosure of stuff about the past, past feelings, past you know, indiscretions, past whatever, uh, commit to your partner as you guys listen to this podcast, ideally together, that you know what, while we're working on this stuff individually and figuring out what's how best to handle the past, we are going to be honest with each other with issues and things that come up today going forward. Yep. Honesty um, right now and moving ahead from now on. Yes. Absolutely. Love it. Absolutely. All right. So... There you go. Yep. That's, that's about all we've got for today. You, we've uh, put everyone through enough, I'm sure. So <laughs> congratulations, all you listeners. You get, we're throwing you those virtual versions of t-shirts of I Survived Another Podcast with Mark and Steve. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> badge of honor. Well, thanks, everybody. And we'll be with you again next week. Yep. Have a great week, everybody. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us. And remember... The opposite of addiction isn't sobriety, it's connection. Together, we can do the impossible. To learn more about Mark and Steve and to listen to more podcast episodes, visit us at pbscpodcast.com. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. 
It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.